7 to 8 p.m. Sport on with Tabi Somosia. Thank you and a very good evening and thank you for joining us, for staying with us on SAFM and for joining us on SAFM Sport On. I am Tabiso Musia. I am not alone. Katlecho Mudiba and Luyolom Kalipi are producing and Sylvester Komane is our technical producer this evening. We like to talk boxing on Wednesdays and we'll continue doing that and tonight we have a very special guest that we will speak to. That is the legendary Chris Eubank Senior, the former British boxer who held the WBO middleweight and super middleweight titles and uh, he reigned as a world champion for over five years was undefeated in his first 10 years as a professional and remained undefeated at middleweight and we'll catch up with Mr. Chris Eubank Senior to look back at his career and find out how is life after boxing his son Chris Eubank Jr. is also making a name for himself in the ring so we'll also attach on that and please feel free to join the conversation at any time if you want to speak to Mr. Chris Eubank you can call us on 0891104207 we also take sms's on 40938 and we do take whatsapp voice notes on 0614104107 on social media we are using the hashtag SAFM spot on and ever since we tweeted that we've got Mr. Chris Eubank senior on the show uh, the tweets have been coming in and I want to try and read those as we go along and uh, this week we've also been focusing on what's happening at schools as far as sport is concerned and because we are talking boxing today we've decided to put a call through to the amateur organization Sanabo just to find out about their programs for the year look back at last year and I would think that their programs for the year will extend to 2020 since it's an Olympic year so we'll speak to Sanabo about that and we're also going to catch up with SA female boxer Obukiwe Nonina the Anaconda she was fighting in Denmark last Friday for the vacant IBF intercontinental female featherweight title uh, she lost on a points decision to Sarah Mafud and she'll talk to us about that experience but before all of that and without wasting any further time we're going to speak to the legendary mr chris eubank senior up next for the story behind the action catch tabiso musia weekdays at 7 p.m and now let's welcome our special guest, British former professional boxer, Mr. Chris Eubank Sr., who competed for over 13 years. And uh, I've seen on Box Rank, he's ranked as the, the fourth best British super middleweight boxer of all time. He was world champion for five years, undefeated in his first 10 years as a professional, remained undefeated at middleweight. And of course, who can forget that eccentric personality that made him one of the most recognizable boxers or even celebrities um, in the world during that period. And off the ring too, He's a force to be reckoned with, Mr. Chris Eubank. He's won the Britain's Best Dressed Men Award for a number of years. And he joins us on the line. Mr. Eubank, good evening, sir, from us in Johannesburg, South Africa. And thank you very much for joining us on SAFM. The best of everything. That's what I wish you all. How do you do? We are fine, <laughs> thanks. You clearly haven't lost your touch, Mr. Eubank. Good to hear from you. Um, well, that is extremely kind of you. I'm very happy to be speaking to you. I haven't been to South Africa in a few years. My son was going to school there at St. Stephen. Oh, yes. And and um, I used to travel there quite a bit, but I haven't been there for some time. But soon enough, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm traveling through Africa. I'm looking at a few opportunities. Um in certain countries on the continent, and it is very, very interesting. Well, we definitely hope you make your way this side and our authorities are listening. I understand that you are in in Kenya at the moment. You are also in Rwanda. I hope that they are treating you well on the continent. Have you been enjoying your stay? Oh, absolutely, yes. I've been invited here by some leading businessmen, and it is uh, very interesting, very interesting. I understand also that they're looking at you to help them establish uh, boxing programs, youth development programs centered around boxing. That must be something that excites you. Oh, naturally, it's what I do. Um, you know, I did it in, in for Angola in 2010. Um, in 2012, uh, in a period of two years, one of the fighters made it to the Olympics, wow. which is really some feat. Anyway, the point... Um, I should make about sports. Sports is the way in which I've been able to teach youth discipline and how with discipline 
There's nothing you can't do. Mm. Now, the discipline is one of the prerequisites um, which enables you to achieve your objectives. And with discipline, it comes from the elders, the parents. It comes from uh, the, the, the teachers, effectively, and the parents to say, conduct yourself well, have manners, and times it by three. Respect your elders, respect your parents, understand punctuality, don't waste people's time. Hmm. Have integrity, because that golden thread of integrity will always keep you in good standing with everyone. Hmm. That is good. Also, yep. also, dignity. And the power of dignity, never letting yourself down, never actually putting yourself in a position where someone can say, this person is base or foul, always keeping your dignity. Work ethic. Very important. Mm. See, the key thing, as I explained to youth, with youth, you have drive. You have hunger for respect. So with that, use the brains of the older men, the fathers and the leaders. Use the brains of your teachers Couple that with your youth, that drive and hunger, and there's nothing you can't achieve if you're passionate about it. I also read, Mr. Eubank, that you've also been training police officials about diffusing potentially violent situations between law enforcement and the public. Is, 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 are these the skills that you've mentioned that come into effect here? Yes. Yes, I was commissioned as a sergeant in the Appaloosas Police Force in November of last year, in April of, uh, sorry, in November of 2017, in April of 2018, they made me a deputy marshal. Now, all of this actually revolves around speaking to youth and explaining to police about body language and posture and speaking people down or de-escalating um, potential situations that can blow up. You can always de-escalate. When you speak with your palms mm. and with your eyebrows raised, you are appealing. And when you start appealing to people, they start calming down. And you can always calm the situation. So, effectively, um, the job, I'm very proud of the job. Um, coming from where I come from, which is the ghettos of London, mm. to actually make world champion, and then to be inducted into the law enforcement agency of the United States of America, for me, is a big thing, and it shows the youngsters that law-abiding citizens effectively are what I am. And I'm holding that benchmark, trying to prove that I'm a warrior, or that I am a person who practices chivalry. And how chivalry, and if you practice chivalry, you're a gentleman, you are a warrior, you are an upstanding member of the community, uh, you become like a, a person who teaches by example. Hmm. And, and how did you get into boxing? I've I, I read I, I've read before that your twin brothers used to uh, box and they used to bully you. Is that how you got into the sport? Were you introduced by them? Yes, I wanted to prove to them that I could be I could be as good as them, because if you can take a beating, then effectively, you know, um, your peers respect you. If you can show you can take a beating and take it like a gentleman. One, two, if you can actually show skill and intelligence as well as grit, then you can win the respect of all the viewers. Now, uh, the reason intellectually why I got into boxing is because I was impoverished of respect. Mm. If you could fight, everybody respected you. So mm -hmm. I thought I'd take it to another level. And that next level is doing it well under rules and regulations, always acting the gentleman, and then outside of the ring to be gentle, to speak gently and to uh, uh, effect everything that you do with style, majesty, and grace. Mm. 
And and besides your terrific boxing skills, Mr. Chris Eubank, you are also known as a showman. You are very eccentric in the ring. Even some of the twists that are coming in are alluding to that. Some said you were arrogant and you became the man they love to hate. Was showmanship a part of the game for you? Okay, well, you see, now, yes, it was, but this is an involuntary attitude. You're boxing. You're fighting another man. So there's no way I'm supposed to go in there thinking that it's a game. It is a game to the spectators. It is a sport to the spectators. But to the individual fighting, it is a way of life. Why? Because you can be hospitalized. You can get hurt. It does uh, temper your standard of living. And it actually tempers your uh, profile to the wider speaking world. Now, it's the wrong attitude to go into a boxing ring as though you're going to the church. You, you can't have that attitude. The attitude you're supposed to have is that um, this guy is going to be attacking me on the rules. I can't kick him. I can't bite him. I can't knee him. Mm. I can only use my fists. And so I've got to do everything in my power to make him think that I am very dangerous, which is why you saw all that attitude in my face and the mm. strut and the lifting of the shoulders. All of these things were to take the eye of the crowd, one, and two, to keep my opponent respectable. I wanted to, you, you always have to keep them um, uh, unsure about the character who they're fighting. Mm. If they think they can walk straight through you, they will. They become better fighters. So the idea was to always show, um, you know, not only stealth, but grit and fortitude, um, determination, conviction. All of these principles are things of which I don't believe if you're going to be a fighter, I don't believe you, you shouldn't show them. You know, and you can say, well, it's an act. Yes, it's an act. But it's a real act. And it has real consequences if you don't do it. And it has great consequences if you do. What about your ring song, Tina Tena, Simply the Best? Why that song? Did it represent everything that you stood for, everything that you were about? The truth is that when that song was picked for me, and it was picked for me because I said I don't need a walk-in song because I am not a gimmick. You know, I've trained, I've learned this art and this craft. I've learned how to absorb punishment. I've put myself under a great deal of pressure to learn this trade. I am not a person who needs a gimmick. Now, this Barry Hearn at the time said, everybody needs a gimmick. I said, well, you choose. So his wife chose simply the best. And that's how Simply the Best came about. Wow. For those who've just joined up, we are catching up with the former professional boxer, former champion, of course, Mr. Chris Eubank Sr. Feel free to call us on 0891-104-207. We take SMSs on 40938. We do take WhatsApp voice notes on 061-4104-107. Mr. Eubank has been kind enough to give us his time, and he is currently on the continent in Rwanda at the moment. Mr. Eubank, how do you look back at your... Kenya, Kenya, from no, Rwanda, of course. You're in Kenya at the moment. How do you look back at your boxing yes. career, sir? Are you proud of what you achieved during your time? Do you have any regrets? Um, my only regret in the 52 fights, the two draws, the 19 World Championship wins, and the five World Championship losses, my only regret is that Michael Watson was damaged in a fight we had in 1991 for the WBO Super Middleweight Championship of the World. I remember that. That's my yes. only regret. I remember you almost wanted to quit the sport because you were blaming yourself for that one. Yes, yes. My father told me after the fight, a few months after the fight, he said, you, you know, you cannot have any mental anguish about what happened. That is the game. That is the life of a fighter. And if you're not going to have the mind that you had before you had the fight, you should get out. 
And he gave me the right advice, but I was too sensitive. Mm. I was I was brought up in the church, so I was always sensitive about, um, especially the mother of the son mm. and what they would go through and what they went through. So all of these things, I've, I've always been a sensitive soul, but um, I'm I've been also a soul that is um, well militant in a way in that. I used all the bigotry put against me over the years. I used it as fuel to make me win. So every time they said I couldn't, mm. it gave me fuel to win. Every time they tried to block me, they gave me power to win. Every time they intellectually tried to put me down, I was always able to, with grace and humility, hold my standing which left them in the pit. There were also those duels with your compatriot, Nigel Benn. You knocked him out in the first one to, to claim the WBO middleweight title. That fight was so huge that it was even released on DVD. How big was that? How big was it? 16 million people watched the fight. You know, it's a oh. strange thing. Because... Um, you know, I never had any idea it was going to be as big as it has become. Mm. And I suppose, well, yeah, we were fierce. Um, the way in which fighters were in the 90s are not the way they are today. Okay, so today it's, um, there is showmanship of a sort. With me and Nigel, I think, from where he came from, he was um, he was uh, very street. Um, uh, he had a street attitude, and I, as I said, I was coming up in Sunday school, so I always had to project manners. At least when the mic was put in my face, or <laughs> the TV cameras were asking me questions, or I suppose I was being interviewed outside the ring, I always had to show. Um, compassion, consideration, um, all of these prerequisites which actually makes you look good to your parents. So, mm. you know, I can see where I was polarizing for the public at that time. Mm. A boxer, someone who acts so fierce and is uh, so effective in the ring, who could be so articulate and uh, engaging and uh, kind, charismatic, um, someone who could dance, someone who wasn't afraid to carry a cane or to wear a monocle or to drive a truck or to wear jumpers or to speak the Queen's English. Mm. And all of this, all of this made for fantastic television. Mm. And it has inspired a great deal of that generation. What's, what's to be this? who you want to be. Yes. I mean, as Mandela said, in his inaugural speech, mm. he said, just give me one second while I think of the first words. Our deepest fear isn't that we are inadequate. Yes. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, talented, fabulous, and gorgeous? Well, actually, who are you not to be? After all, you are a child of God. The world cannot be served by your playing small. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking, so others around you won't feel insecure. We were born to make manifest the glory of God which is within us. And when we let our own light shine, we unconsciously allow others to do the same. And in liberating ourselves from our own fears, our presence automatically liberates others. I was not going to play small. I was always going to be trying. I was always going. I was always going to try and be um, bigger than life mm. on this stage. And it was only in that ring, outside the ring, I always came back to that um, default position of manners. Humility, dignity, style, 
and grace. We've got Tembiso that's called us from Port Elizabeth. He wants to speak to you, Mr. Eubanks. Tembiso, good evening. Thank you for calling us on SAFM. Good evening, Tembiso. How are you, good? Fine, thanks. And you? Yeah, good, good, good. What would you like to say? What hey, do you remember? remember? Hey, I remember him. I was, I, I watched him right through his shows. When he fought against Nigel, I watched him. And he's a good boxer. He normally fights with his father in the corner. <laughs> All those things. <laughs> hey, Chris. Chris. Yes. How are you, Butch? I am excellent, thank you. I'm very, very happy to have your call, and I'm looking forward to your question. Can you take the next flight man to South Africa, specifically in Port Elizabeth? <laughs> <laughs> I'll take the next flight was from Kenya to to South Africa, specifically in Port Elizabeth. We're gonna so, have to. Know, I have some leading business. I've had leading businessmen here in uh, Kenya who have invited me to come and look at some opportunities. Now, there's there's nothing to say that I couldn't make it over to South Africa. Ah, Good. well. We'll definitely invite you, uh, Mr. Eubank, uh, in South Africa. Let's go to Eddie. Eddie, you've called us. Uh, good evening. Thank you for joining us. Hi, Eddie. Can you hear us? Yes, I can hear you. Okay. okay, we can hear you. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, but Chris, um, you know what? Um, <laughs> thanks for bringing this legend. And we just hope that he, he celebrated in his own country. And what he's doing in our continent, um, you know, he deserves to be uh, to be celebrated as well. This is what we need in terms of ensuring that our youth are catered for, uh, in terms of um, you know, uh, any kind of development. And we appreciate him. Can I ask him one question? Can he take a last fight with me? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Thank you, Eddie. He says he wants the last fight with you, Mr. Chris Eubank. <laughs> the last fight? He wants one more so, fight I'm with you. Okay. He wants me to have one more fight or he wants to fight me? He wants to fight you. <laughs> oh, well, well, I'm going to give him the win. So he, he didn't even have to work hard for it. Because I'm a kind man and because I'm a sensitive man, I wouldn't want to inflict any damage on him. And so I'm going to give him the win. You have one on me, sir. <laughs> <laughs> nice one. We've got Sekile that's called us from the Eastern Cape. Good evening. Thank you for joining us. Good evening. Good evening. I, I remember Chris with his stylish short pants. <laughs> as well as his stance when he boxes. Mm. He used to intimidate boxers by coming to the right and then coming to the left and then pause as the chest will come out and he will be serious but his style of boxing won in fights he was not a very scientific boxer but he won fights because he could intimidate Boxers. And I liked that. For the two fights, most intimidated boxers. And I was in fight with, with, with Nigel Ben. Mm. I watched them a lot. Then I, I want to congratulate him for the way he boxes, for the way he carried the British flag until the last time he retired. He was such a colorful boxer. Great oh, call. Like Thank you. Watching. Great call. Thank you, Sikile. I, I think that's more of a. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. We've also got Tsepo that's called us from the East Rand. Tsepo, good evening. Thank you for joining us. Hi. How are you? Fine. Good thanks. In, fine, thanks. Good in you. man. I just want to greet Mr. Simpson the best. Uh, Thank you. I really used to like. Uh, it when he doesn't go to the corner after some round, mm-hmm. and you look at the opponent, and the opponent is almost, you know, next to just going down. That intimidation. Mm-hmm. And I would like him to mm-hmm. to say a name of my friend who is now deceased. 
who used to be very, very fond of him. His name was Tete. We used to call him T-Man. Baby Thank you so much. Thank you, Tsepo, in the Israel. And I hope you heard all of those calls, Mr. Eubank. People really loved you. They loved your boxing style. They loved the character uh, that you were. Thank you very much. I mean, I, I'm not sure of the name he was, he, he said, who had deceased. I think it was Ketis. Yes, it was a friend no, of his Ketis. My commiserations and my condolences to his family and, uh, and his friends. Mm. And it seems like a, a lot of a lot of us here in South Africa, we remember your duels with Nigel Benn. I remember Judgment Day also. And folklore has it that Don King had a contract that said he would sign the winner of your second fight, either you or Nigel Benn. And then the fight ended in a draw. What happened after that? I was able to not actually sign anything with Don King because your career, when, when you're with him, you, you, you're, you're finished. So... In actual fact, the contract said the person who loses will have to sign with King and the person who wins, win or lose, you have to sign with King. Ah. And that was a draw. So this is, this is what I call God getting involved. By the grace of God, that happened because the draw meant I didn't have to sign a contract with Don King. Don King was a master manipulator. And as great as he is, the greatest one of, no, he is the greatest promoter, boxing promoter of all time. But he's a very, um, he's a very, uh, he's very smart. Mm. And I was smart too. I was smart not to go with him. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe he didn't make provisions for a draw in that contact, in that contract. Uh, Don King, that's so unlike him. <laughs> well, you see, that's why God is great. Mm. And what is great? Yes. And your son now, Mr. Eubank, Chris Eubank Jr., is also a boxer. How involved are you in his boxing and how? what do you make of his uh, progress so far? His progress is good. He's got 29 fights and two losses. Um, he was a world champion. He's lost it in his next fight. Um, he's fighting James DeGale. And his career is going very well. I'm very happy with him, I think he could be doing um, uh, a lot better, mm-hmm. um, but we're going to see. Now, some things have changed in the camp, and um, I think he's, uh, I think he's going to shine bright. He's a very talented young man. Mm, that's good to hear. And on that note, I'm gonna we as we end off now, I'm gonna read a few tweets. Someone said you said your son went to Saint Stephen's. Why Saint Stephen's? Because here in South Africa, it's known to produce a lot of our sporting stars. Well, yes, the rugby was strong there, is what I understood at the time. Um, this was in, obviously, Joburg. Yes. And it was, um, I mean, at the time, you know, I, I, I probably didn't want him in the United Kingdom, and I thought South Africa would be a better place for him. Um, but it, the school there, that particular school, had rules of which he couldn't, he couldn't deal with, and so after about one year, we have to bring him back. Aha. Uh-huh. Okay, and then I've got another tweet from Martha who says that um, Chris Eubank was my father's favorite boxer. Unfortunately, he passed away uh, ten years ago. He was a boxer oh. as well, but you were you were her father's favorite boxer. And um, then there's another tweet that wants Thank to kn- that wants to know overall who was your toughest opponent op- 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 opponent in all your fights. Well, we have to say Nigel Benn um, and Michael Watson. Mm. Those were the two fights which were, well, almost impossible to win. So, you know, sometimes I have a tendency to think that your toughest fights, the hardest ones, the ones which hurt the most are the ones which become, in the long run, your favorite. It's the ones where you have to dig deeper, when Mm. you have to show grit and fortitude. And when you had to actually pray while in the ring because the beating was too severe. To hold on, you know, you, you, you had to, you, I had to talk to, to my partner. Hmm. And I, mean, fa- I never went in there alone. Yes. Wow. 
And finally, Mr. Eubank, how much do you remember about your fight with our very own Tulani sugar boy, Malingai? You went all the way uh, to the judges' scorecards. Mm. What, I, what do I remember of that fight? A, a very tough man. I mean, he told me before the fight, he said, I'm not like fighters you fought before. He said, I am a warrior. And I think he said Zulu warrior. Mm, Zulu warrior, yes. Would this, would, would this be correct? Yes, Zulu warrior, yes. That's correct. That's right. And, you know, I hit him with a shot which came from heaven in the fifth round. It was such a big shot. It was probably the biggest shot I've ever thrown in my career. And, you know, it forced him to lie on his back. The only thing that kept his head up was the bottom rope. <laughs> it was a huge shot, and for him to get up from that proves exactly what he said, that he is a warrior, Zulu warrior of the First Order, and actually fought a very, very tough fight, and it went 12 rounds. That's right. Mm, and I think it, yes, I think it was decided on a split decision there. And um, there's an SMS from Chris to Chris who says, I'm a great fan of you. At a very young age, my room had lots of Chris Eubank pictures on the wall wearing cut right trouser tops with great muscles with a long afro what a blessing it is to hear from chris eubank here in south africa that's a tweet actually from another that's a message from another uh, chris there that's happy to hear from you and thank you thank you what do you make of the state of boxing at the moment around the world is it in a good space for you you know every era have its um temperature and the temperature is, it's good. I can't say anything different because the people, um, people have a, ten- have a tendency to go with what is and what the temperature is. Mm. And everybody's enjoying it, it seems. And so, no, I'm, there's nothing I can say. I, could, I think it's, it's, it's becoming healthier. And the last call, possibly, yes? possibly, possibly, I should say, it would be good if um, many of these fighters go and go as far back as you can, 2014, on my Twitter, mm-hmm. and all the principles of what it takes to be a fighter of genuine note, all the teachings are in the tweets. Mm-hmm. Not only in terms of. Um, structure of boxing, the craft, the art, but in mannerism. Mannerism. So, at Chris Eubank on Twitter, you'll find it very interesting. Okay, great stuff. And the last call we'll, we'll take is the one of Mr. Andy Lamofu. He's actually the president of our matcha organization, Sanabo. And I understand he says he was with Chris Eubank in Mozambique. Mr. Mofu, good evening. Thank you for joining us. Good evening and uh, and hello to to Chris, uh, my legend. How are you, Chris? I'm excellent, thank you. Thank you for the call and thank you for the memory of Mozambique when I brought the Angola team there to compete. Exactly. Uh, we were together there. Remember, I assisted you with the record books, um, if you remember that evening. Yes, yes, I, I, I vaguely do, vaguely. Yes. Some time ago, 2011? Yeah, that was 2011, yes, for the All Africa uh, Games there in, in Mozambique. Mm. That's right, yes. Just for, just for interest's sake, uh, Chris, in Kenya, are you involved with the amateurs or are you doing development programs for pro, pro, pro boxing? Well, you see, I still have about seven to eight days here. And this is now being looked at by the business leaders who have actually brought me to the country. Okay, that's good to hear. And Mr. Mofu, you said he's a legend. Why is he a legend in your eyes? Well, uh, I, I think uh, one thing that makes him a legend is normally I regard a boxer with two lives, one inside the ring and one outside the ring. And uh, he did his thing inside the ring. And to me, uh, he has got so much followers. And, and, and I mean, Chris Eubank would be in a position to handle himself 
uh, within the ring, but most importantly, outside the ring, you would never hear anything negative about him on any media. Mm, that's good to hear. That's good to hear. Mr. Eubank, we... By the grace of God. We are so grateful, sir, that you found time to speak to us here in South Africa. And uh, we hope our businessmen and our authorities are listening and they can bring you also uh, to South Africa to continue the good work that you are doing. We want to say we appreciate your time. We don't take it for granted. And uh, we just wanted to bring you on, give you the respect that you deserve and also just catch up with you because we haven't heard from you here in South Africa in a while. That's very, very kind of you. I'm, uh, I'm very pleased that I've had the conversation with you. I'm so pleased that I, I'm reminded that I have, uh, I suppose, fans there in, in uh, South Africa, and I look forward to um, coming back to that country in the not too distant future. We also look forward to having you here, Mr. Eubank, and I'm sure it's going to happen. But once again, thank you very much for your time, sir, and continue the wonderful work that you are doing. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you, sir. That is the one and only, the legendary Mr. Chris Eubank Sr. <laughs> SAFM Radio and at Tabiso Musia on Twitter. And we continue talking boxing. We heard from Mr. Andy Lemofu earlier on, just saying a few words to Chris Eubank. He is uh, the president of the South African National Boxing Organization. That is Sanabo. They look after our match of boxers and we just wanted to bring him on. We've been focusing on school sports this week and we wanted to catch up with Sanabo just to find out what their plans are for the year, what their programs are. And as I mentioned earlier on, I would think that they would extend them to 2020 since it's an Olympic year and Mr. Mofu joins us on while well, he's with us on the line. Mr. Mofu, Good evening once again, sir. Uh, good evening, Tabiso, to you and, and the listeners. And uh, may I take this opportunity to say compliments to uh, uh, to the boxing fraternity. Thank you, sir. And for those probably not familiar with Sanabo, what is the mandate of Sanabo? What's your responsibility as Sanabo? Well, uh, the, our responsibility as Sanabo uh, is, is, is very simple, to, to, to take boxers to the Olympics. Mm. But taking boxers to the Olympics encompasses a lot of things. In other words, you are looking at building uh, or developing coaches. You are looking at developing officials. You are looking at exposing your boxers even before uh, bigger tournaments uh, in the world. So all of that is is, is one package to say your, your role is to take boxers to the Olympics and basically... Sanabo is there to ensure that uh, South Africa does qualify boxers for the Olympics. Mm. And, and who makes up Sanabo? How big is your team? Do you also have to rely on volunteers? Okay, yes. We, wa, wa, Sanabo is, 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 is an organization that is made up of the nine provinces. Mm. So in all nine provinces, we've got provincial structures, which then in turn have got districts and municipalities and then clubs. So the structure of Sanapo is club, municipality, district, province, and then it's us. Then above us, you have what we call the Zone 4, because uh, that is part of the of SADC, uh, because Africa is divided into four zones by IEPA, which is our international federation. So mm-hmm. then Sanapo does then affiliate to Zone 4 Africa and then, and then to IEPA. So at the present moment, uh, our mandate really is to ensure that our boxers go through all of those levels. Uh-huh. You've mentioned the Olympics a few times. I would then think that 2019 is a big year for Sanabo, considering that next year is Olympic year. Well, Tavi, uh, so to be quite honest, um, uh, you would remember that 2016 came and gone. Yes. And um, we, we had our challenges in, in as far as featuring boxers uh, in, in Rio. Uh, however, uh, I'm, I'm of the view that those uh, little glitches that um, uh, that we faced in, in, in sending our boxers to the Olympics uh, have been overcome, and, and uh, because we've had uh, a lot of talking with with SASCO in as far as the qualification criteria is concerned, and as Sanabo, we are happy uh, that definitely 2019 will come. And uh, we will definitely have boxers qualifying for 2020. 2019 is a year which we have to kickstart the 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 the, um, the campaign for 2020, in the sense that this year we have got the Africa Championships, and then we will have the World Championships, and then uh, the Olympics will be sometime in 2020, July to August, and and therefore at the present moment. 
uh, all the qualifications uh, with regards to IEBA will then be done in the in the early part of 2020. So as Panago, we need them to be ready for those qualifications. But what it really means is that our boxers need to be as active as possible this year so that at least next year they, they, they are up for the challenge. Mm. And um, do you have a directive now from SASCOC as to which qualifying criteria will be used? Because I remember for the 2016 Olympics, your boxers had done enough via the continental route to qualify. But according to SASCOC, just like they did with hockey, they needed to qualify via the international route. Has there been any word for 2020 Tokyo? Well, at the, at the present moment, the, the, the word is that the, the, the continental qualifications will be considered uh, for, for, for us. So it, what it means is that we will have to go to the continental qualifications, we'll go to the world championships, as well as because normally our international federation would have the last uh, qualification at, uh, uh, event, uh, which actually says if, if and only if Africa has not met its quota, then uh, countries or national federations would be in a position to send boxers to the last one. But yes, as far as the, 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 the discussion between ourselves and Soskog is concerned, this thing is now under, under, under the bridge. Mm. And, and besides that criteria, what went wrong for 2016? Because our guys failed to qualify in Baku. There was another opportunity in Venezuela which we didn't take. No, the, the, for, for example, the one in Venezuela was meant for... Uh, AIBA, as our international federation, has got three programs. Mm-hmm. It, it has got the, the AOB, which is uh, AIBA Open Boxing. If, if I may, uh, we no longer call ourselves as amateurs anymore. We call ourselves Open Boxing. Okay. So there, there was one qualification route for that. And then you have the WSB, which is the World Series Boxing, uh, which also has got a different route for qualification. And then you have the APB, which is the AIBA Pro Boxing, which then took place in, in Venezuela. Because uh, if you remember, for the first time, professional boxers were allowed to participate in the Olympics in 2016. Yes. So then Venezuela was actually meant for that. For us as, as, as South Africa, uh, if, if I may say this, we did qualify two boxers in inverted commas. That is now outside the ambit of the policy that, that, um, that uh, actually um, was set by SASCO. That was via so, Cameroon. It was via Cameroon, that's right, yes. Mm. So then we qualified two boxers, one with gold and the other one with, with silver. But unfortunately, that was the debacle. And, and uh, if I may, I do, I do not even want to go back to it because <laughs> it was really a lesson learned. But mm. I am definitely sure that for 2020, uh, such issues will not actually um, emanate again. Mm. And I remember even hockey, you were not the only one. Even hockey had similar challenges. Yes, even if, even hockey had, yes. had, had challenges as well. Yes. And how do you look back at 2018, Mr. Mofu? You presented to Parliament's Portfolio Committee last year on your progress. How do you look back at that year? Well, 2018 for us uh, was a busy year uh, in the sense that we started off in 2017 because 2017 was the year of Africa where mm. AIFA rolled out a lot of, uh, of uh, developmental programs, uh, which we did in Mdansane uh, for South Africa as well as for the SADC, because uh, South Africa does also hold the chair of, of SADC at the present moment. So that was an, a, a prelude to 2018. 2018 was a year also where we were busy in as far as our boxers are concerned. And... Um, one thing that uh, came uh, about towards the end of last year was the issue of AIPA and IOC agreeing now on the number of weight categories that must go for the for the Olympics. Mm. You'll remember that um, for male for male uh, for males rather at ten weight categories and for females it was three weight categories. Mm. So now the number has been increased to five. Uh, females, and then the number of uh, uh, male categories has been cut to eight. So now we closed off the year by having a, a trial so that we could be in a position to put our team together so that 2019 comes, we are ready to, to campaign for, for the Olympics with the correct weight categories now.
And for those who've just joined us, we are catching up with the president of Sanabo, uh, Mr. Andele Mofu, just to find out more about uh, their plans going forward, considering that next year is Olympic year. And he's already mentioned that that's the big part of their plans. You also held the national champs last year. I think they were in Secunda. How do you look back at those? Were they a success? Well, it was it, it was really a major success, um, and uh, all nine provinces were, were were present. And if I may, Tabiso, uh, every year we we, we had uh, four championships. Looking at one school boys and girls, as you said so in in your introduction. In other words, uh, the boxers and and the, the boys and girls between the ages of 13 and 14, and then we had the junior uh, championships. Uh, 15 to 16 years of age, then the youth championship 17 to 18, then the elite, which is 19 to 40 years of age. Now, uh, 2019 gave us a team, a youth team that represented South Africa in the in the in the region five youth game, which is now the SADC, which was held in Khaberoni, and we came back uh, as, as, as with position two there. Uh, the championships in Secunda earmarked one thing, uh, one part of our history that when we um, united, in other words, coming back from the old days, Sanago was divided into four. Then in 1991, we reached unity and we, we, we uh, embraced one constitution. And going back to Secunda now, that is where we said, after 27 years uh, of existence, let's go p- back to Secunda to celebrate our existence. So Secunda was earmarked for that, but at the same time, it was a question of putting our talent uh, uh, on the line as well as uh, uh, that people should see that uh, Sanabo is is still alive and kicking. Mm -hmm. And um, do you have a relationship with the Department of Basic Education? And by that, I'm just trying to find out if you're allowed to take the sport of boxing into the schools. Well, at the present moment, what is happening is, uh, if you will go back uh, uh, before... Uh, the then minister, Mr. Mbalula, left his, his, his position. Uh, there was going to be a, a memorandum An of MOU. understanding signed between basic education and the Department of Sport because one, one issue that was really a cry or a concern from the parent side was that uh, boxing is not safe, so therefore we were not allowed in school. However, if you were to look at what we are doing as Sanabo, we are actually in school in inverted commas. Not officially that after two o'clock when the bell rings, uh, 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 the, 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 the students would go into a boxing gymnasium or so. But the fact of the matter is most of our boxers come from those schools and they affiliate to clubs. Mm-hmm. So we are using them via the clubs instead of going full out in schools. But the school for us is a great feeder. And that is why uh, way back in 2017, 2018, uh, we earmarked the schools in, in as far as development is concerned because we, we, we do acknowledge and understand the fact that without the schools, boxing cannot exist. On Twitter, Zico Smith wants to know if uh, he says I always hear of sporting calls adversities. Does, do varsities have boxing? Should they have boxing? <laughs> Yes, uh, yes, Tabi. So, uh, varsities have got uh, a boxing. We've got USA, which is uh, now the, the, the university structure, which has got boxing under. So, uh, the universities are our associate members. The SANDF is also our associate members because we do have boxing within the SANDF and we also have boxing within the universities. So, mm-hmm. at the present moment, we've got those two associate members, USA as well as. Um, SANDF. So, yes, there is boxing at the universities. And what about demographics representation? Are you able to reach out to all the communities? Is the interest from black, white, Indian, colored? Well, <laughs> well, well at the present moment, uh, in terms of demographics, um, at the present moment, boxing is, is, is dominated by the black community, right? Mm. We do have white community involved, the colored involved, as well as the Indians. But uh, when you look at the Indian community, to a certain degree, not that really rife, but we do have 
boxes from, from that committee. So, yes, we reach across the board, if I may put it that way. Mm. And what about funding, Mr. Mofu? Usually people that we speak to, especially from the less, I don't want to say minor sports, but aside from the big three, they always complain about the issue of funding. Is it a challenge also for you as Sanabo? Well, it, it is a challenge, Tabiso. Um, it, it is really a challenge because sometimes you, you put a year plan in place and you, and you, you dream of achieving all your, your year goals. Um, funding is, is a challenge. However, I, I, want to, I, I want to compliment the Department of Sport uh, at national level in the sense that there is no financial year where we have not received a, uh, a, a, a funding. To, to fund our administration and to fund also uh, our projects. However, what is immediately mostly is the question of us now being able to have funding to feature our boxers mostly in international tournaments. Mm. And the National Lottery is still involved or do you have to apply all the time for funding? Well, National Lottery is still involved. Yes, uh, they have uh, uh, given us money. Uh, in as far as uh, school sport is concerned, in other words, looking at buying equipment for school sports uh, uh, and looking at our in, uh, international uh, participation as well, women development. So they have actually funded uh, us in as far as that is concerned. But you, you still have to apply for, for, for such funding. Mm. And I remember in 2017, the then minister, Mr. Mbalula, uh, gave $10 million to uh, Sanabo. Was, w- was that helpful in kickstarting your programs? It, it was really helpful in, in kickstarting our programs because we, uh, Sanabo, as, as the executive, uh, was much more visible in all provinces. And the other thing uh, that helped us uh, uh, in a big way was us being able to start a Sanabo Boxing League, which uh-huh. we started and, and we're still going to continue with it uh, in 2019. And, and the, the Boxing League has, has, has produced good results in the sense that the boxers that went to the Commonwealth Games in Australia, the likes of Sinetemba uh, Blom, yes. the likes of Siabongoshe, uh, were actually coming from the, the boxing league. So, yes, it, that, that has helped a lot in as far as our programs are concerned. That is good to hear, Mr. Mofen. It's good to hear from you just about to get an update from Asanawa and hopefully you'll keep us updated throughout the year so that we can also inform and send the messages out there about the programs that you are doing. But thank you very much for joining us on SAFM, sir. I am honored and humbled. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Thank you. And as I said, hopefully we'll have more of these conversations with Sanabo and uh, as we support them, of course, building towards Tokyo 2020 next year. That's it. Your time has gone by so fast, but it's our time. Our time is up. Up next is the big hitter with Mr. Ashraf Gada and the big hitter is Mteto Nyati, who is the chief executive at Altron. There are two matches going on in the Nedbank Cup. Last 32, Bidvers Vets are already 3-0 up against Boini Tigers after 27 minutes there of their clash and it's goalless between Pulukwane City and TTM which is a local derby there at the old Peter Mukaba Stadium. Thank you to everybody who's tweeted us and called us and who enjoyed the conversation with Chris Eubank. We'll put up the podcast as early as 9am tomorrow morning. News is up next. My name is Tabiso Mosia. Thank you Liolo Mkalipi, Katla and Sylvester Komane in technical.